0: What is happening with Auburn and their search for their next A.D.? We tell you what we have heard over the weekend. Next. Well, Zach, I I actually just finished crushing some chicken parm. I'm I'm
1: freaking ready to rock and roll. You are Locked on Auburn, your daily podcast on the Auburn Tigers. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every
0: day. Yes, welcome on into Locked on Auburn, your daily Auburn Tigers podcast. I'm your host, Zach Lockerby. Thank you so much for making Locked on Auburn your first listen every single day. Happy Monday. That means we are joined by Lindsey Crosby of AuburnDaily.com. He also hosts Locked on MLB Prospects. Lindsey, uh, we we talked about Auburn falling to Arkansas yesterday in our immediate recap show that, that Daryl did with me. If you want to hear more about the game itself, check that out. But Lindsay, we're gonna we'll get to that. But the main thing today is this just crazy saga of Auburn finding a way to get in it its own way time and time again in search for their next athletics director continues on. So the game starts, and then you hear reports from pretty big people in the college football breaking news world saying, Hey, John Cohen, the AD of Mississippi State seems to be closing in on a deal with the Auburn Tigers. Yeah, so
1: backing up a second, Alan Green steps down earlier this fall, right? He finds out he's not going to get a contract extension, so he leaves. Auburn uh, new president, Chris Roberts, starts the search. And for the longest time, the two biggest candidates that we are hearing about, we've written about them, we've talked about them kind of at length now, Mm -hmm. uh, is John Hartwell from Utah State. Right. formerly athletic director at Troy. Before that, he 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 was president of the Old Miss Foundation. And then Eddie Nunez of New Mexico, who before this spent 20 years, 25 years at LSU in their athletics department. So we're hearing like, this is going on, going on for weeks. We get to the point where they've narrowed it down. They bring in a search firm, Turnkey ZRG is a firm out of New Jersey. They come in, and this is typical in an AD search and a head coach search, They come in. Once you've narrowed it down, they coordinate the official interviews. They do the background checks. They do all that stuff. Thursday word starts getting out that there's a third candidate in the mix. And this is a, a power five, a D it's something where apparently, or supposedly turnkey and Chris Roberts wanted to do one last troll through the power five before they picked one of these two, either Hartwell or Nunez. Uh, Friday night, Saturday morning, we start learning that that candidate is John Cohen of Mississippi State. Not only do we learn that John Cohen's uh, the third candidate, we learn that Chris Roberts has selected John Cohen. He has decided John Cohen is the next athletic director. Uh, as far as I understand, John Hartwell was scheduled to come in over the weekend. Uh, he actually like those plans got canceled. Right. Things like that. Uh, John Cohen was going to be the athletic director. Uh, that gets reported by a lot of people, Bruce Feldman, people like that on Saturday during the game. And then from there, things get kind of crazy. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Saturday night, Sunday morning, there are reports of boosters, coaches, personnel at the university who are talking to Roberts about the decision. No, no final deal is done with Cohen. As of the time we record this Sunday night, uh, and as I understand, as we've talked to sources, uh, Bruce Pearl, uh, Butch Thompson, guys that know John Cohen, uh, Butch Thompson was his pitching coach at Mississippi right. State. I on mean, on staff with them, right? On staff with them. Uh, they weren't consulted about the hire. They have questions about about uh, John Cohen's fit at Auburn and whether or not it's the best choice for us to make. Uh, there are people sending emails. There are there are boosters having conversations. There's a big meeting at Sanford Hall. Uh, trying to figure out what's going to happen. Is John Cohen the athletic director? Are we going to find somebody else?
0: Yeah, and if you just told me the hire, hey, Auburn's going to go out and get Mississippi State AD John Cohen, I don't think it's a terrible hire. I do have issues with how, okay, this is you know publicly the first big public decision by Auburn University President Roberts. And so that to me is like, okay, how does he handle this? Because we kind of heard – when he took this position, how much of an alpha dog he was. And now it seems like this is taking too long. Like, if, you, if you're that definitive, like, go out and get your dude. I don't care if it is John Cohen. Go out and get him. Yeah. But the way this has all been handled, I don't love. The fact that Bruce Pearl wasn't consulted or at least led in the loop. I'm not saying Bruce Pearl needs to hire your next AD. That is not what I'm saying. But the fact that you didn't have a conversation with them, same with Butch Thompson, same with Greg Williams, same with Jeff Graba. I mean, these coaches that have had success and have been here for a long time, um, I I don't really see a reason to not talk to them. And it doesn't seem like that's really happened. And so that, to me, is my biggest issue with everything that has happened so far. Do I think Hartwell would make more sense? Yes. Would I think Nunez would make more sense? I do, uh, but it sounds like both of those are pretty much off the table based on how Auburn handled those things, and we'll leave that at that. But as far as the hire itself or the potential hire itself, it doesn't appear to be happening Sunday night as we record this, Lindsay. To me, it's very similar to Alan Green, which I think is a bit ironic because it seems like they want to do this last run through all of the P5 schools to see if they could get a P5 AD, I guess to avoid it looking similar to the Allen Green hire. But to me, it feels similar in the sense of, it seems like this guy, just from what I've been told about him, is he cares more about the budget than he does winning. And like, that's just not, that's not what we need right now. So that is my only concern. And hopefully that's not true. But just talking to folks that have covered him, and folks close to Mississippi State, that seems to be a consensus of uh, you know the opinion on John Cohen.
1: Yeah, there is disagreement among the Mississippi State boosters and fan base about whether John Cohen is good or not. And uh, there are fans who look at the national title in, in baseball under Chris Liminis, the head coach, and they say, well, John Cohen hired Liminis. Sure. Uh, Obviously they won a national championship. People are happy with that. There are other fans who, like you said, look at some of the financial decisions, look at the, the poor state of, of Mississippi state's NIL. Some of the more recent hires, not quite working out. They have a dynastic women's basketball program. And I think they've gone through four coaches since 2020 and Johnny Harris was there and you had an opportunity to hire her and bring, make her the head coach and you chose not to. And she left and came here. And as far as I understand, she's also not been consulted about or they hadn't talked to her, uh, after Saturday morning about hiring John Cohen, who yeah, she's she's, I guess for. she
0: is the most recent tie to Mississippi state. That's a great point.
1: Yeah. And so it's just, it's one of those things. I understand the allure of your last AD in Alan green was not a power five guy. He came from Buffalo before yeah. that he had worked at old miss. So he had uh, associate experience in power five, but not an athletic director in power five. And so if you bring in Cohen or I'm sorry, if you bring in Hartwell or Nunez, you're in that similar situation but John Cohen, and I'm not trying to dog John Cohen. I'm sure he would be, you know, he's fine for most every school. John Cohen was a baseball coach. Uh, he, he spent six years as athletic director uh, after one year as an associate athletic director. Before that, he was the baseball coach. And so, yes, he has power five experience, but he has a lot less athletics administration experience than a hartwell or a nunez and to me it feels like auburn's the type of school our programs are successful not only on the field but also financially and our athletic department is in a position where we can make like we're going to make money we're going to be positive cash flow wise in athletics and so you don't have to hire somebody who's very budget-minded and very not going to say frugal but who's overly concerned with that you can hire somebody who's going to make sure we do whatever it takes to get winning products on every field and i think that's kind of where the hang-up comes with john cohen over a hartwell or a nunez or somebody else
0: yeah all right i want to talk about how this possibly impacts nil and also uh, everybody's favorite guy to talk about camden brown what he did on saturday continues um his streak of excellence to start his auburn career all right here on locked on auburn i want to tell you about our friends at Bet Online, look, I, I thought Oprah was going to cover. I told you guys, I thought Auburn was going. I thought I was going to win. Boy, was I wrong. But hey, hopefully you didn't listen to me, and hopefully you went over to Bet Online, and you put some money in Arkansas, and hopefully you put a lot of money, and hopefully you won. But seriously, there's so many props, odds, and lines uh, more at Bet Online than anywhere else. So be sure to get in on the action. Bet Online, it's where the game starts. All right, Lindsay. I've, I was sent several articles about Cohen when his name started popping up Mm -hmm. and almost all the headlines in regards to NIL were negative, right? And so I click on them and I'm like, okay, what's, what's actually going on here? Because going into reading some of these articles that had a lot of quotes from Cohen talking to different rotary clubs and, and things like that around the Mississippi state community going into those articles, I'm like, well, how much impact can you have on NIL at Mississippi State, right? It's not an Auburn, right? Like, And I'm probably a little lower on Mississippi State than most people just because I hate, I hate them. Yeah, I, I hate Starkville, Starkanistan. Stark. So we'll we'll see what happens with all of that. But, yeah, I mean, and that's essentially what his quotes were actually about, where, you know, big picture-wise, I, I think he had questions on – how sustainable everything was. But Nick Saban said that stuff too, and nobody really got onto him for that. But the more detailed thing about like, hey, we've got to figure out how to get NIL going. I'm have concerns about how Mississippi State's gonna do that. Sure, we'll take the five dollar donations, but we need the big players to come in and step up. He said all of these things, which is all stuff that we have been saying since NIL was a thing. So he hasn't done it, Lindsay. But granted, NIL hasn't been around that long. If he is the guy, which I think he will be, he certainly seems to be the favorite right now. We'll see if things change, and a lot could change in all of this. But I think from an NIL standpoint, people are going to be sharing a lot of these clickbaity headlines. Make sure you read them before you cast judgment, because I think he's actually saying all of the right things when it comes to NIL. Yeah, and one of the big quotes that stood out to me, because I kind of did that
1: same deep dive you did as far as going through some of this, and I was doing the research on John Cohen when all this news started breaking during the Arkansas game. So I actually kind of missed most of the first half because I was busy reading stuff about it. Lucky you. Yeah, Yeah, I know, right? But uh, I I missed the part where we looked decent. Uh, That's fair. But one of the quotes that stood out to me, and I'm paraphrasing here, I don't have it written down, but he said, our... There are SEC baseball programs that have more NIL dollars available to them than our entire athletic department, mm-hmm. and so he wasn't. He's not down on the concept of NIL. He's down on where they were when it came to NIL. Now, uh, something that I reported on Saturday when I first was writing it up for Auburn Daily about Cohen being being interested is that not everybody at Mississippi State was happy with John Cohen. Part of it comes from those comments. Part of it comes from there are boosters, there are supporters of the program that saw his comments about NIL to be, he's calling us out for not doing enough. And he was right to do that. I mean, he was correct. They weren't doing enough. But that's why that's where some of the story, not all of it, but some of the stories about John Cohen had an expiration date or John Cohen was not going to be in that job for an incredibly long time. That's where some of that stuff comes from. And he got a contract extension over the summer. But weird quirk about Mississippi, I want to make sure everybody understands, state law prohibits anybody from having a contract of longer than four years. And so most high-level athletic coaches and administrators, the AD, the head coach, all of that, they sign extensions almost annually. Because you can't sign them for more than four years. You can't give them a Jimbo 10 year contract or a Mel Tucker nine year contract. So he got a four year extension over the summer, raised his salary from like 900,000 and change to 1.1 $1. $1 million. The president gave him that. The president of the university in Mississippi is uniquely powerful in the regards that they can do something like that almost unilaterally. And because he got that, it does not necessarily mean there were not significantly powerful people within and around the program that did not want him there. Uh, So that's where some of that conversation comes from. People are like, well, he got an extension. He's staying. The buyout's only Mm $250,000. If you really don't want him to leave, you give him a more typical athletic director buyout because you've lost two ADs to other schools in the last decade. You've learned your lesson. If you don't want him to leave, you give him a bigger buyout than that.
0: Yeah, so I mean, you you can lean into those numbers, regardless of which um which narrative you want to support, because they're both they're both certainly there if you want to take them. So, um, both good and bad. All in all, I, once again, I, I'm okay if this is the hire. I don't think it's the best hire. How President Roberts reportedly has handled that 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 to me is the biggest concern. But hopefully, you don't have to worry about that for a while if it is the right hire. So we'll see. Yeah. We'll see what that looks like. Moving forward. All right, Lindsay, I want to talk about Camden Brown, everyone's favorite freshman wide receiver, uh, even though I really like Amari Kelly and Jay Fair as well. We'll touch on that in just a moment right here on Locked on Auburn. Today's show brought to you by our friends at the drugstore located on Dean Road in Auburn. The drugstore is uh, owned by local folks, born and raised, owners who graduated from Auburn University. They also went to high school in the Auburn Opelika, Lee County area. They've got all kinds of walk-in vaccines for flu, pneumonia, shingle, and tetanus. Be sure to check that out if that is needed for you. I know the flu is going around. They also offer delivery and shipping and also in-store BioLite and Liquid IV if you need that boost. So, Head over to our friends at the drugstore, once again, on Dean Road, over there next to Kroger. And, uh, yeah, they also have a really convenient drive-through as well. Thanks to the drugstore for sponsoring Locked on Auburn. Lindsey Crosby. Camden Brown continues to be impressive in every single way. Um, Four catches, 83 yards, and he had that touchdown, which you gotta love. So, to me... My biggest question is, where has this been? I mean, we've been begging for Camden Brown ever since he burst onto the scene in fall camp. I mean, this dude, like, the coaching staff praised him, like, every single day during fall camp. He either got, like, uh, like uh, offensive player of the day or playmaker, playmaker. The- yeah. And it's just like, okay, you, you you gave him this love every single day. Why is it just now taking this long? Like, Because it, it. I guess the argument would be, well, he was a freshman and it took him time, but it's like, well, Amari Kelly's been seeing plenty of snaps for a big chunk of the season. And also, like, it sounded like he was executing and beating all the other guys in practice. So, I don't know. I, I'm just surprised it's taken this long, but not surprised that he's making the most of his targets.
1: Yeah, and when it comes to being a freshman and getting playtime, his playtime started small five snaps against Mercer, eight against San St. Jose state, but it ramped up and ramped up all the way to LSU where he got like four, like 40 plus snaps. Mm-hmm. And then he kind of fell back off. He got in 17 versus Georgia, 10 versus Old Miss before finally getting extended pass, you know, pass snaps against Arkansas. And that's where he goes four for four on the catches fun stat from Justin Ferguson. He tweeted this on, I think it was uh, Sunday morning. According to PFF, Auburn quarterbacks have a perfect NFL passer rating this season. So 158.3 when targeting Camden Brown. I love eight targets, seven catches, 109 yards and two touchdowns as a true freshman. So yeah, where was he? Why wasn't he playing? Why didn't you use him against Georgia? Why didn't you use him against Ole Miss? Where has he been this season? If even you coaching staff were saying he was the one of the best
0: options in the room. I'm there with you, man. I'm there with you. And just staying on pro football focus, Camden Brown led the way for offensive players. He has 79.2. But his run blocking, he run, he run blocked on 12 plays, Lindsay, And his run blocking grade was the highest that anybody did anything by a long shot on Saturday uh, his run blocking grade was 89.7. So, Gus Malzahn would have been like, Oh my gosh, you were the best wide receiver ever. Cody Burns would have absolutely eaten that up. Yeah. Uh, but, yeah, I- I'm with you. We, we got to see him moving forward. And it's going to be interesting to see how Brian Harson uses the rest of the season because, I mean, it-, it really doesn't seem like you're going to make a bowl game at this point. So, no. if this was a coach that was preparing for the future, which Brian Harson has limited to no reason. To do this, but you would got to think, okay, let's give more reps to some of these younger guys. Like, what can Camden Brown do if he is the number one or number two wide receiver? But Brian Harson's not in that situation because he's not going to be preparing for next year at Auburn. So, weird situation. Kind of interested to see what he does from a personnel standpoint starting next week when Auburn goes to start Afghanistan.
1: Yeah. And on the note of like guys playing that should or should not be playing, uh, Jeremiah Wright we talked about him after the old Miss game about yeah. what a great good job he did in pass blocking and run blocking and everything uh he was not on the field to start the game against Arkansas and I think he came in second series third series whatever and I remember on Sunday morning when I'm going through everything I see a tweet from Cole Kublick, who knows a thing or two about offensive line play yeah. at Auburn uh and he in essence says Jeremiah Wright should be on the field for every offensive snap there's no reason not to play him. Like he's mm-hmm. got that dog in him. And it's just, it's another one of those situations. We, I, I don't know how often we're going to keep asking this, like what took so long to figure out these guys were the better options and why are you still not playing them? It's kind of like you gave tank 11 carries. Like you took, he got six, six receptions. He got the ball mm-hmm. through the air as well, but you gave tank 11 carries. He is by far the best player, just sheer ability on the team. Why are you not giving him the ball more? It's I'm,
0: just- I'm let's lump Alec Jackson in there too. I think he's better than some of the other guys. He didn't play all the snaps. I think the only offensive lineman that played all of the snaps there. I think there were two. There were three.
1: I'm guessing Brandon Council. At Brandon point. Council,
0: Killian Zaire, and Austin Troxel. They all played 73 snaps, and then the other the other spots on the offensive line rotated in and out. But yeah, Jeremiah Wright. And Alec Jackson, like they both seem to be worthy of that. Um, Troxel does not, but he's a tackle, and it's like there's not many of those guys that can play. So it's a All tough situation. It's a tough situation, man. And with guys that could potentially leave after this season, I'm not going to give names or anything like that, but I was talking to someone who would know, there is a very real chance that Auburn has five scholarship offensive linemen after the Iron Bowl. Like there is that is a very and let's say I'm wrong on one of them, we'll be at six. Not much better. Like that is such a big issue. And so, whoever is Auburn's head coach in December when the transfer portal opens, like you just got to get bodies, dude. Like at this point, you just got to get bodies that are ready to play college football on the offensive line. It's it's going to be really really bad.
1: Yeah, and there was a cover. Uh, uh, somebody went after the season started and looked back at the transfer portal and said like the hardest position to fill in the entire transfer portal is power five offensive linemen and something like 20 power five teams got a lineman through the portal. But at this point, you can't like, you can't, you have to cast the widest net possible. Uh, You need to be looking at moving Brandon Frazier to tackle. You need to be considering every pot. You're going to see some defensive linemen asked, hey, you want to go to that side of the ball and maul some dudes? Mm -hmm. Like you're going to have to do a lot of work and that's going to be a position of weakness for multiple seasons. Uh, Gus Malzahn was deficient at recruiting offensive linemen towards the back end of his tenure. Brian harson has been deficient at recruiting, well, everybody, but especially offensive linemen. And so like this problem is multiple years in the making and it's, it's going to take multiple years to dig out of this hole.
0: Yeah. All right. I'm looking at a scholarship chart right now. All right. So your four super seniors, Brandon counts, Lawson Troxel, Nick Brahms and Alec Jackson, they're gone no matter what. They cannot come back. Your seniors, and I believe all four of these are eligible for a super senior year. If I'm wrong, let me know. Brendan Coffey, Killian Zaire, Cam Stutz, and Jalil Irvin. I think that's going to be a big part of it, how many of those guys come back. Because if they don't, you're looking at Keandre Jones, Tate Johnson, Avery Jernigan, Colby Smith, Garner Langlo, and EJ Harris. That's six. Yeah. So hopefully those seniors come back. I mean, there'll be jobs open for them if they if they choose to do so. So we'll see, we'll see what happens. Not a great spot to be in, though.
1: It's absolutely not. Uh, You need to, I mean, bring in a coach that's got ties to Iowa. You know, get those (laughs) corn-fed, those those corn-fed Midwestern boys. Yeah, let's (laughs) switch from feeding them potatoes to corn. Yes. No more potato. Nobody gets French fries until we
0: fix this coaching situation. Oh man. Um, big any big picture takeaways from from what you saw, Auburn versus Arkansas?
1: Yes. So the thing the big the big takeaway to me that I have from this is Robbie Ashford went 24-33 for 285 and a touchdown. No fumbles, you know, no, no lost fumbles, no interceptions, yeah. no turnovers for Auburn. And you still lost by double digits. And so that tells me that one, the offense is still very, very much boomer bust. You either break off a big one or you don't do anything. But yeah. that also tells me you can't pin the whole thing on subpar quarterback play. I know I, that we did stuff in garbage time, mm-hmm. but it's not, it's the coaching's a bigger part of it than they're really willing to let on.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Uh, no, I, I think that's well said, man. The. I'm trying not to be dramatic here when I say this because I I agree with you. I think the offense wasn't the problem, and I think uh, the defense could have put them in actually better situations at times. Wesley Steiner, and I really, really like Wesley Steiner because I think he's super talented. I just don't think he's been coached to get in the right spots consistently, and there's a chance this is on execution, Mm -hmm. but he's playing a lot, so I, I don't know what's up with that. But that was one of the worst performances by a linebacker I've ever seen. And once again, I'm not putting it all on him. Right. But let's see, he played 34 snaps. His tackling grade for a linebacker was 26. And his coverage grade was 37.6. He's allowed 100% completion when thrown against. Like, it's just tough. It's just tough. And look, it's hard to be a cover linebacker. But he has the traits that scream cover linebacker because he can move so well and he's so stinking athletic. And it's like, are they? Is he being used wrong? Is he just lost? Like, I don't know because he's so athletic. And I and I, I hate it for him. I hate that it doesn't appear that he's been put in a situation to succeed. And um, I hate that for Wesley Steiner.
1: Yeah, it's something. Linebacker play has definitely been the biggest drop off. On this defense, from this from last year
0: to this year, was it all Zekobi? Was I and I'm cool with like saying Zekobi was that good. Um, and I guess Chandler Wooten would have would have been the the other big loss there. So like, was it those guys? I think a large
1: percentage of it was that, but also, and Colby Wooten touched on this when he talked after the game that they're playing a lot of snaps. They're not rotating a lot. And he and he he admitted in some of the, the the quotes that I saw, he admitted that like it has an impact on their play. They're not going to complain about it. Mm-hmm. They're not going to use it as an excuse. But they they're playing a lot of snaps, and so I think part of it is having tired legs in the fourth quarter, and I think part of it is subpar linebacker play, missing guys who had multiple years of starting experience, and now replacing them with a guy like Wesley Steiner who was a special teamer up until this season, and just not having seen these looks enough in practice. Side note, Brian Harson mentioned in his press conference that Arkansas didn't do anything they hadn't seen.
0: That they just weren't ready for it. I'm like, "Brian, that's not the excuse you think it is." He's um yeah, I think he's trolling us at this point. So, I'm looking through every game and even in games where like backups played. There was one so Mercer Auburn played 27 defensive guys against Mercer, which makes sense. You were able to sub guys in this past week was the second most that Auburn has played in a game. Usually it's between 19 and 22 most weeks, but Auburn played 25 on, uh, on Saturday against Arkansas. So they actually did rotate more than they normally do, but still obviously wasn't enough. Um, All right, Lindsay, thank you so much for your time. As always, my friend, how can people find you, hear you, read you, all that good stuff?
1: I'm on Twitter at Crosby Baseball. My show, Locked on MB Prospects, is available wherever you get your podcasts and on YouTube. You can find all of the writing at auburndaily.com, including a write-up of the most recent baseball victory over Alabama on Friday night. And the merch is at aushirts.com.
0: You can find me on Twitter at ZBlock. You can find all of my written work at auburndaily.com. And we'll see you tomorrow for a little Charlie Tuesday action right here on Locked on Auburn.